morning crypto good morning warriors hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel good morning crypto where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto related topics from a top crypto research team in the world i'm your host abs joined by several members of our 3t family this morning we got andrew also known as the cash flow king joining us on this thursday mario aka the node defender will be here and we got the live chat joining us as well so i'm very excited for today's show Today on Good Morning Crypto, we are going to be talking about some interesting connections between NASA, Ripple, and Stellar, tying together old documents from the early 2000s to the images that the Ripple Riddlers have been posting today. We're also going to show you how Jed McCaleb has some ties to Elon Musk with plans to partner with Jeff Bezos in 2025. We can explain what that might mean for Stellar holders around the world. And with the largest financial firms on the planet in the process of turning digital, we break down the details, showing our community how this next bull run is shaping up to be the greatest opportunity of our era. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcasts, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Andrew, obviously in the morning prep, you got to see some of the exciting articles we're going to go through today. But first of all, how are you feeling, my friend? And thanks for being here. Uh, you know, it, it's a fantastic day today. And I was watching or, or I was reading your preparations and I thought, crypto goes to space today. So <laughs> special episode and a special uh, hi to Paul Willems, which, which is, is a guy in the Netherlands talking with him about the smart investor program. He is interested and in, uh, he said, always in the Netherlands. Also, I listen to the Good Morning Crypto Show and the best one is apps always. So this is for you apps. So uh, looking forward to a great show and uh, let's go. We appreciate it, Andrew, and I'm excited for today's show as well, guys. We already got 180 live listeners joining us. Show us some love, smash that like button, and get ready for an exciting episode today. We're going to start this thing off the same way we always do by checking out the Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That is at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. Go smash that follow button for updates all throughout the day. When we check out some of our daily movers this morning, we've got Chainlink up 6%, but the rest of the market is down about 5% across the board. When we look at our Merlin market update this morning, let me refresh my page really quick, guys, because we were doing some exit strategy work last night for Merlin. We are sitting at $1.63 trillion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 51% dominance. Ethereum is about 17%. We've got Bitcoin sitting at 42400 Ethereum is 2286 Solana is trading at $95. And XRP below $0.50 cents this morning, trading at $0.49.9. Cents. Well, let's start off with a little bit of optimism in today's episode, Andrew, because it seems like there's a lot of pessimism in the XRP community, but specifically when it comes to the features that are being implemented, there is a ton of positive catalysts for the everyday XRP holder. Pretty soon, we're going to be able to pool our liquidity and earn small amounts of income by, by leveraging what David Schwartz is describing in this video. So I'm going to play this and we're going to discuss it. Let me just switch my audio. Here we go. All right. The automated market maker specification. I almost said automated money maker, which actually is kind of, <laughs> it's actually pretty apropos, right? AMMs will harvest volatility for yield. Volatility will drive market makers, which the AMM makes the spread, right? It takes a movement in price to really drive that volume. And of course, volatility increases arbitrage of profits because the AMM gets more out of balance more, and the AM gets a cut of those profits through the auction mechanism. So this could really turn the volatility of a digital asset from a downside to an upside. Super excited about it. Automated market makers on the XRP ledger could be a game changer, uniquely positioning it to leapfrog other decks. 
I feel like we should pause it for a moment here and talk about it, Andrew, because David does talk very fast. But what he's talking about is arbitrage between exchanges. What that means is like, for example, on Coinbase, you could have you could have a, an asset that's listed for $100 on Coinbase. But then you can look at a different exchange like Uphold and you're going to find a small variation in the value. It could be slightly higher. It could be slightly lower. Well, there are people who make their entire job. Their entire job is to just leverage that small amount of difference in price to earn on a, on a, how do I put this? A ton of small transactions. That's going to be brought to the XRP holder. So maybe you can explain that as well and then we'll move forward. Yeah, what, what's happening there is that there are, you know, actually it's weird that you have 10, 20 crypto exchanges, maybe 30, 40, and the price of all those assets are everywhere more or less the same. And, and the weird thing is that, uh, yeah, it's all uh, 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 de de uh, about demand and, and, and provisioning of, of coins. And still, it is the same price, more or less everywhere. Small differences. And that's what those uh, uh, automated market makers do. They, they, they trade the differences. And actually, this, that, this is what you also see in, uh, in, in, in normal life. But yeah, you can make a lot of money with that. However, I would automate it because if, if you want to do this, in an in an uh, yeah just but uh, as a human being yeah that, that's impossible but yeah that is interesting uh, interesting stuff however what you can do is be a liquidity provider yeah then you provide liquidity and you need to put for example with the, in the in the cosmos ecosystem you can do do that very easy you can for example provide uh, uh, atom and, uh, and and ust or atom and, and another coin always two coins and then you can uh, can provide the other side of the trade. You know, technical story, but uh, that's what he's talking about. Yeah. So, Here we go, Andrew. Let's hear the remainder of what David Schwartz had to say. Yeah. Excited about it. Automated market makers on the XRP ledger could be a game changer, uniquely positioning it to leapfrog other DEXs. Liquidity providers will get better returns through the inherent execution advantages of the XRP ledger that I just mentioned, and a sort of secret sauce that will allow liquidity providers to get more of the profits normally lost to arbitrage, and it will be bolstered by incentive programs. Traders will get better pricing and better order execution due to integration with existing order books. They won't have to change anything they do. You'll be able to execute the same um, payment and trading transactions on the XRP ledger. You'll get more liquidity and better payment and trade execution. And it will be bolstered by incentive programs. So the fact that the XRP ledger fees are lower is going to mean more of those that money that would go to arbitragers stays with the people who are staking the pool. And that's what you want. Because you want you if people don't stake the pool, there's no liquidity. You want the stakers to reap the rewards of their staking so that there will be these deep pools of liquidity. And then with the mechanism that we're working on that will allow them the pool to recapture much of the profits that the arbitrage uh, makes almost as if the pool were arbitraging against itself. We're hopeful that that will incentivize very, very deep pools of liquidity on the XRP ledger that will make movement between tokens uh, very efficient. Um, so, XR, so that could be, I think that could be a game changer. Andrew, and we're focusing on the passive income aspect of this, but when he talks about use cases and creating these huge liquidity pools, it's going to make transacting between any asset very easy because the liquidity is going to be there. The funds will be there. So before we move on, why don't you just close this out with your opinion, and then we'll go into the Stellar Ripple and NASA information. If you want to have a cryptocurrency that is uh, uh, available on wide scale, at least, 
you want a crypto. The first you need to do is you need a cryptocurrency exchange that will trade your coin for another coin. In, in this case, XRP, for example, for uh, for USDT. And and you, you need that, and preferably as much as possible. Because don't think that if I want to buy 100 XRP with some uh, USDT, you need something el somebody else who will uh, sell it to you. And it is not a seller at the same moment, but if the liquidity is not there by a liquidity provider, what you will see when you place a market order, and here the, the, the also the risky part starts when you trade in coins that are not so much liquid, that you get those gaps. For example, you say, I want to buy uh, uh, XRP for 50 cents, and there is nobody who offers XRP for 50 cents, but only for 55 cents. And you place a market order, your order will be filled, but then with 55 cents. So, you know, so that's risky. But the more liquidity you have in a pool, the better it is and the better it is for the, for the stabilization of such a coin. And also the, the trustworthy, because then you don't see those, those gaps. You know, a little bit technical story, but from a background point of view, it's very important that you, that you have a lot of liquidity in, in many pools. Yes. I think it's just how this this market will evolve over time, Andrew. Whether we decide to do it this year, next year, what's going to happen is assets need to communicate the same way that the internet did. In the early 2000s, there were these segregated economies that couldn't create or, or be utilized with one another. I don't even remember this. This is just from what Johnny tells me. And then at the, there was a point, I believe it was in 1998, when TCPIP was implemented. From that point forward, the internet turned into this joke of a thing where people would publish articles. Nobody would really see it to this expansive global idea where everybody could connect using this singular form of technology. I think we're going to see the exact same thing happen in crypto over time. But let's get into some of this funny and exciting information for today, guys, because last night I was going through a, a close friend's Twitter account. This is not financialadvice.crypto, and he's a pretty interesting character when you look at his content that he creates. And I found these documents from about May of last year. So let's check this out. Look at the information from Bearable Guys Greenhouse that actually shows galaxies colliding. What we're going to do here, guys, is I'm going to show you his Twitter thread, and then we're going to go through a couple of NASA articles showing Ripple and Stellar cited. We're going to tie Jed McCaleb in here, and we're going to prove that NASA is currently using blockchain technology. We're just not sure what blockchain they're finally implementing when they decide to use it. So let's play this short video here where you can basically see that if he changes the contrast, it shows us a very specific image, and we're going to tie this image to something that we will show you in an article here. So check out the screen. Look at the galaxies colliding. Well, what do we have here? He stated, why do I assume galaxies colliding? Well, first, because NASA, there are NASA articles titled Stellar and Ripple are about a, a galaxy collision. They've lived rent-free in my head for a while and were the first thing that came to mind and suggested galaxies when I first dimmed on uh, Bearable Guy's Twitter account. So these are the two articles here. What are these articles about exactly? They're about the largest collisions that NASA ever recorded on the Hubble telescope. So they had to use four different telescopes, allegedly. I'm going to read directly from the document here, where they said approximately 100 million years ago, a smaller galaxy plunged through the heart of a cartwheel galaxy, creating ripples of a brief star formation. In this image, the first ripples appear as an ultraviolet blue outer ring, so powerful that it may be one of the most powerful UV-emitting galaxies in the nearby universe. This is a false color composite image showing a cartwheel galaxy as seen 
by the Galaxy Evolution Explorer, the Hubble Telescope, the Spitzer Space Telescope, and the Chandra X-ray Observatory. So they composited these four images. And what they're showing us here is when the two galaxies, Stellar and Ripple, collided. And the first ripple is that blue outer ring right there. So very interesting when you talk about symbology. When we look at this other article here, it's discussing what it meant. And it was the first image that they were able to to capture from 100 million years ago using this technology. This article was produced on January 11th of 2006. And the second reference that we're using is from March 23rd of 2008. So very, very interesting that we're seeing those connections. Second, when I searched images of galaxies colliding in real time, unlike the NASA images above and shown in the aftermath, I found one image that matched the bearable guy so closely, it almost feels like a reference to the image. So what he did is he overlaid this image from Reddit, and I pulled it up on a separate page we'll show you, where it lines up perfectly with what he created. So very, very interesting. When superimposed over the riddle, the light source and the angle of the jet streams are nearly identical. And that pretty much speaks for itself, Andrew. So it's an interesting conspiracy, and there's a lot of valid information here, guys. We are talking about NASA-cited articles. These are clearly images being used. But, Andrew, before I give my perspective, I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on what I just broke down. And, uh, the articles. It's like uh, is that the physics lessons and, uh, and, 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 and all the kind of deep space uh, conspiracy theories. I don't believe so much in deep space uh, conspiracy because the deep space is just doing what it does. More I see that that people on Earth are inspired by uh, by what's happening in space. So uh, yeah, what happens here? For me, this is a jellyfish. What, what I see here, however, it came from it comes from uh, from space. So uh, and you know, Ripple and, and XRP or Ripple and uh, and XLM. The stellar, they, they were, yeah, they were the, at least the founders. They were together, and then they split up, and maybe they will collide in the future. Will it be just a, a big colli collision as we saw 100 million years ago? Um, I don't know, but maybe in 100 million years, when uh, you, humanity is still here, then uh, we will see what happens. Yeah, thank you. And Andrew, this isn't the end of the rabbit hole right here. Somebody right in our live chat called where we are going next. We're going to show you documents that tie NASA to Ripple's technology. And they've even been in chat rooms we're going to show you. So you know what's really interesting is that somebody said, I thought you guys didn't give much attention to the riddles. We are not giving the attention in the aspect that we're saying it's true. This got 149,000 views on Twitter. And I felt like it would be worth addressing with our live chat because I'm interested to see if people believe this stuff. It's almost undeniable. So remember this. Ripple and Stellar. It's very simple. These two technologies were the first blockchains when you think about OpenCoin and the committee that helped develop these types of technologies. Brad Garlinghouse, David Schwartz, these types of people are the pioneers for cryptocurrency. And it doesn't surprise me at all that they have these two names, Andrew. So these two references, you can take them seriously. You can incorporate them into your decision making. You can even say that the Ripple Riddlers are just using this to their advantage by putting these types of articles out there, right? So this could be nothing and they're spinning this narrative in and of themselves, but we do have ties to Jed McCaleb in space. So let's get into that and then you can discuss if there's any more validity after this article. Space startup partners with SpaceX to launch a commercial space station. What's happening here? Vast, a startup backed by cryptocurrency billionaire Jed McCaleb, is aiming to launch a school bus-sized space station into orbit by late 2025 with help from some of their partners at SpaceX Elon Musk rocket firm. 
The cylindrical spacecraft dubbed Haven 1 is the latest platform planned as a replacement to the International Space Station, a two-decade-long orbital re research laboratory run primarily by the U.S., Russia, and the European Space Agency. So you can't say there's no ties to XLM in space anymore, Andrew, because the founder is trying to create the next what did they just reference that? Sorry. Um, the next international space station for the United States. And he's partnering with Elon Musk here. We've also got Jeff Bezos involved in this company as the agency in 2021 awarded $415 million in developing funds to four companies, including North Group Grumman and billionaire Jeff Bezos Blue Origin. Vast wasn't among the awardees, but in hopes to receive some NASA funding by 2028, the company's president told routers on Monday. NASA did not respond to an email seeking to comment, and no private company has ever built or developed a space station before. The football field size ISS was built over multiple launches and outfitted over its lifetime with various components and costs of participating countries. It cost more than $100 billion combined. Now we have people like Jeff Bezos, Jed McCaleb, and Elon Musk partnering to bring the next football-sized spacecraft into orbit, Andrew. So very interesting here. We've moved on from the from the bearable guy connections. Now we're getting into real evidence. First of all, what is your initial reaction to Elon Musk having this association with Jed McCaleb? And second of all, if they are going to put a space a spacecraft in orbit, it's only safe to assume that that would be the beginning of their connections, not the end. Am I right? <laughs> it is uh, big boys with big toys. You know, it is. Uh, I, I love it very much. Uh, you know, if you have so much money. And you can do something with it and and no matter where you got the money from but uh, yeah you know this jet mcgaleb he made a lot of money with uh, with cryptocurrencies so yeah you can do fun stuff and if you can do that also to explore space i i'm, I'm only uh, open to it because uh, the more also the more competition we have there the better it is because yeah you know if if earth ever will be uninhabitable yeah we should move into space so let these pioneers be the, the Columbus who, uh, who discovered uh, America. So, uh, yeah, let's see what happens with these guys. And I love these people. Guys, I absolutely agree with the NASA conspiracies. I do think that there's a lot of validity in the live chat, but there are some connections here that I think are worth addressing. Obviously, these types of companies have ties to the U.S. government. If Jed McCaleb is going to be building a $100 billion spacecraft partnering with Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk, you think they're going to do that without any government funding? NASA is a government-funded organization, and Jed McCaleb stated in this article that by 2028, he does have hopes that they will receive NASA funding. That is very important, Andrew. We are going to see these types of companies come into effect. And what's the whole idea behind cryptocurrency? We can't have the internet go out, right? This is the big debate here. If all of our wealth is in these digital assets, and we discussed this a couple of episodes ago, there's going to be new technologies like SpaceX is developing. There's going to be new technologies like what Jed McCaleb is talking about here to make these currencies more concrete and have less risk over time. So I do think that's interesting. Do you think there's any validity between the NASA funding and what Jed McCaleb referenced prior? Uh, if I would be uh, Jeff McCaleb, I would also hope that, that he will receive some funding and at least to get, get, get NASA and the government aware of this kind of stuff. Because there are also a lot of people that want to be first and the us wants to be first of course and uh these guys also want to be first with with, with everything so that, that's the fun part of it um you know and if they go into space there is a lot more to do i'm also looking for a uh, uh, space internet 
you know, because if you want to do something with cryptocurrencies, which I expect it will be, yeah, you should have payment hubs in, in space, maybe from moon to Mars. And I mean, I'm talking a little bit big, but, but that's, uh, that's, that's what you need. So space tokenization. Yes, Mr. Moon, it's a no brainer. This is another article that caught my attention about space tokenization and NASA potentially using blockchain technology. We already got 410 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And this is an unusual episode for Good Morning Crypto. So all of our loyal listeners know that. But these types of conversations are interesting as well. So I did want to break them down. NASA plans to prove its next moon landing is real by using blockchain. And I want every conspiracy guy out there or truth seeker to just think about that headline. NASA plans to prove its next moon landing is real by using blockchain. Let's break down what's happening here. Florida-based startup Lone Star is partnering with NASA to pioneer a blockchain-verified data storage solution located on the moon. Very, very interesting. Let's just stop right there for some comments, Andrew, because there's a lot of people in the live chat who, who feel strongly about the moon landing, right? And I think it's funny because these types of missions and these types of articles always get tons of attention. Whether they use blockchain technology located on the moon, I really don't care. I don't think that's going to do much for the crypto market overall. And I just think it's a marketing campaign type thing. But these articles are very important. So let's pause it right there and get some comments. You saw the headline, NASA plans to prove its moon landing is real by using blockchain. What's your initial reaction to this data storage solution? Okay, so why would you use blockchain and not something else? I mean, uh, 100 years ago, maybe it was 100 years ago when the, when the first men uh, uh, climbed on the, on the Mount Everest or another big uh, mountain, what they used to do is bring a little booklet, wrote their name in there, and everybody who also... Uh, uh, went up that mountain, you could write your name in the book because nobody else could do that. So I know there is a lot of people who say, yeah, I don't believe that they were on the moon. So what do you do with blockchain? At least you can, because you can also use a centralized database, but the centralized database can be corrupted, can be uh, manipulated. So what do you do? You protect data with a blockchain and you democratize data with the blockchain. What does that mean? Democratization, that everybody can see it at every moment. So that means if you put a, a, a blockchain on the moon, at least it should be connection to earth so that we can always verify that blockchain on the, uh, on the moon. But then we need a whole network of blockchains uh, and blockchain uh, uh, validators because else, yeah, it can still be manipulated. So, you know, it, the blockchain is also a little bit a buzzword. And if you don't understand the technology behind it, you say, oh, blockchain, it's, it's fantastic. And, yeah, you know, just just think, a blockchain just on one server on the moon with, with solar panels, it's not, it's not distributed. It's just centralized. So it does, to me, it doesn't make any sense. And there's a lot of funny things going on in the live chat right now, Andrew, but here's what catches my attention. NASA is 100% a government-funded organization. If, NAF, if NASA plans on leveraging blockchain and they're putting articles out like this, what does that tell you? Government organizations understand this technology and are planning to utilize it at some point. These are headlines. I mean, there's articles I can pull up right now where I believe NASA gets $100 million every single year to try and build a hotel on the moon. They've been doing that for like 50 years and have made almost zero progress. But there's a couple of things that I want to point out before we move on. 
NASA's Armidas mission is set to enter its second leg with the launch of Armidas 2 in November of 2024. While that mission will be crewed, the four astronauts aboard will leave Earth, make orbit around the moon, and return to the Earth. It's not the same as touching down on lunar soil, but Armidas 2 is meant to be the final test run before the U.S. government puts humans on the surface of the moon once again with Armidas number three. So, we did it in 69, but we can't do it in 2024, guys. It's really, really interesting. And I do think it's more of, of like a funny thing. Don't take this stuff that serious when we talk about whether it's real and whether it's not. These types of articles are interesting. They're going to make a lap around the moon. Then they're going to run a second mission to do it once again. And then on the third trial, they believe in 2028, they will be landing on the moon once again. So pretty interesting. Not sure about how much validity there is there. Well, let's talk about Elon Musk and his connections to some of these cryptocurrencies as well. As we already got 414 live listeners here, show us some love, smash that like button. Let's see some of these connections. This is an older tweet from February 11th of 2021 from Elon Musk. Frodo was the underdog. All thought that he would fail himself most of all. What is at the top of this tweet, Andrew? That would be XRP. And it's interesting. It has the Bitcoin coin overlaying all of these cryptocurrencies but what's important is the narrative here. Frodo was the underdog. All thought he would fail himself most of all. If that doesn't apply to what we're going through in the XRP community today, after the lawsuit, everybody thought we would have a new day when it came to regulation, when it came to United States companies leveraging this asset. Now the pessimism is in full effect. We've got a lot of people who are negative about these technologies and specifically the future for the cryptocurrency market overall. So what is your biggest takeaway from this XRP tweet from Elon Musk? Obviously, Elon Musk is brilliant. Subliminal messages are, are in everything he does. Elon Musk does what he does. I was actually a little bit searching for a newspaper article that my grandfather collected in 69. And later in, at my mother's house, I, I figured out that there were those, those newspapers about the moon landing. And still, I remember the time that I, I was five years old. When, when the moon landing took place. And I still know we were for a black and white television, that small, small television, and we all the whole world was, was looking at it. So for me, moon landing was uh, was right. And uh, yeah, um, guys like, like Elon, yeah they, yeah, they have the ambition to do stuff you, you can't imagine. I mean, this, this, this guy is almost like, yeah, a superhuman. And, uh, but he is also super smart. And, not sure what what he wants with crypto but he, he made already a lot of money with crypto and he and, and you know he knows what he's doing same as what he's doing with uh, with twitter and 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 his other company the Neuralink, and with uh, uh as, as, of course the uh, tesla and and spacex i mean I'm, I'm curious what is an ai he is also want to complete ai so yeah great great guy not sure if exactly what your article was meant about but uh, yeah, I, I love him, but what he's doing. Well, I think there's a lot of interesting connections in Elon Musk's narrative, but I want to show our listeners this government website right here. So what is this website? This is the National Quantum Initiative, and it's, it's located at quantum.government. I found this to be very interesting. So this is a federal program run in the United States for a coordinated effort to accelerate quantum research and development for economic and national security for the United States. We are going to see quantum computing come into effect, and this is going to affect the cryptocurrency narrative. But when we see that countries and companies pretend like they're not working on this technology, we can see in these cited documents right here in publications from this 
uh, government organization that they've been studying this stuff for quite a long time. And I went through this. Look at the first document here, Andrew. 1999 is the first document that was that was seriously published on the idea of quantum computing. And then in 2009, they published another article, A Federal Vision for Quantum Information Science. This type of stuff is being perfected behind the scenes before it's implemented into the public. And I think this is another great example of that with this government website being exposed. This can be tied into the NASA information. If they're planning on leveraging blockchain technology, they have perfected the technology behind the scenes. They're not going to roll things out before they're ready to implement them, before they understand the effects of it. They're going to perfect it for six, seven, eight, ten 10 years and then bring it out to the open public. So with quantum computing being a very big narrative on the horizon, I wanted to get your take on how well you think governments around the world really understand this technology. I think this is a good example. Shall I tell you what quantum computing is first priority? Military. Because with quantum computing, you can crack within seconds all kinds of very difficult passwords and codes and that kind of stuff. Quantum computing in combination with AI, it's all about speed. And, and quantum computing can do so much more in less time. So there also should be an answer. And, and you always see when a force is coming up, a, 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 a contra force will also come. So I, I heard the narrative that people say, yeah, uh, this, this, your public and private key will not be safe anymore as soon as quantum computer will, will take off because they, they will crack your key uh, in just a matter of seconds. You know, quantum computing is not there at the moment. So as soon as it, it starts getting there, then we will also see that blockchain protection will increase. And they're also working on that. I mean, those guys, where is this knowledge coming from? It's coming from the major universities. There are the brilliant guys that can do that. So I wouldn't worry too much. However, the pace in which the, the follow-up of new technology is coming is sometimes so fast that as a human being, you can't almost cope with it with, with the speed. But, you know, don't worry. We have a lot of brilliant guys. And it's, it's yeah, I think it will be used for, in first instance. The most important is uh, yeah, war, uh, war development and, uh, and, uh, and defense and, and that kind of stuff. So, yeah. But anyway, interesting technology. Very interesting, Andrew. And we are going to talk about BlackRock's Aladdin technology as well, because AI is already having a big impact on these markets. And I think they're starting to shift this stuff into crypto technology. We already have 436 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button and check out this latest article about BlackRock's Aladdin technology, because this is a centralized, smart. It's basically an artificial intelligence analysis network. And I'm going to share my screen real quick so we can go through this. As a central processing system for investment management, Aladdin integrates connections and functionalities to help manage money. From portfolio management to trading compliance, operations, and risk oversight, Aladdin brings together people, processes, and systems to help support a seamless investment process. Aladdin is a technology being leveraged by BlackRock that manages $21 trillion, almost the GDP of the United States, highlighting its immense influence on the global economy. It controls about 10.5% of the world's financial assets compared to the 7% back in 2013. Think about that, Andrew. This technology has existed for over 10 years, and we are seeing the global dominance rise for these types of artificial intelligence and the way that they're able to analyze a market. It's an interesting time because there's two types of 
of ways we can look at this technology. If artificial intelligence becomes so easily accessible that everyone can use it, it won't be that much of an advantage. But what I think is more likely is that companies like BlackRock and JP Morgan and humongous financial firms are going to have access to these massive networks that we're not going to have access to, right? ChatGPT is not the best AI product that exists today, but that's what everybody uses when they talk about artificial intelligence. These types of products may be left for the billionaires and trillionaires of the world while we get some of this stuff that, yeah, it can help you edit a document. Yeah, it can help you create an image, but it's not going to analyze the global markets and tell you exactly what you should be doing with your wealth, right? So what are some of your takes on this latest development from Aladdin and AI and how this is only going to have a larger effect once it comes into the crypto market? Uh, that Adeline, uh, Aladdin uh, program from, from BlackRock, that actually, uh, that's all a longer project that they are doing. So what they are doing, they are just trying to find patterns in, in, in price action. And based on those patterns, they can do a transaction just a little bit faster than anybody else. So that, that's the whole, the whole game. So they, they expect stuff. And since we have AI, it's even getting more, more easy to find those patterns in this whole pile of data. And what you see is BlackRock is, they were one of the first pioneers already 10 years ago to work that in a massive scale. They keep it a little bit under the radar, but they are doing. Why do you think they are growing with their money so fast? 10% 10 at the moment of the world liquidity or the world money is is at BlackRock. It's it's insane. But um, yeah, I know that the faster you are able to make decisions and the more data you can analyze on the short term, the more advantage you have above somebody else who takes maybe one tenth or two tenths of a second longer to make the decision. So it is also about high speed trading, but also to get insight how markets behave. And I think, yeah, BlackRock does a very interesting job. The only thing what you can ask yourself, is it really in the benefit of the people that, that yeah, like, like you and me? And, and my, I mean, a lot of my pension money is also uh, owned by, uh, by BlackRock. So, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure what, what's happening here. But is it really? Uh, I think in the end, the, the, the money will end in the hands of the people who already have lots of money. And, and, you know, that was already in the past. Le read the book, The Richest Man of Babylon. You know, they did a test in that book and they said, let's give everybody, and I'll uh, 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 simplify it a little bit, give everybody $100. And so that, that money is spread equally. And then after a while, all the money was again in the hands of the people who already had the money in the first place. So what happens if you know how to take care of your money if you have the mindset? You should not spend your money immediately if you have something because then you give it away to the rich people who already have a lot of money. No, you should learn how to invest and go from there and then try to get a passive income or invest it in something that you can make more out of it instead of spending. Yeah, you know, yeah, a human being is a human being. And if you have some, if you never had money and you all of a sudden get some money, yeah, and you never are trained to 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 yeah to invest your money wisely it's difficult to 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 yeah to 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 invest your money in a safe way
Well, Andrew, you just gave me a great transition. We are going to go into this Trangle article that's a partner of Ripple. They published this just yesterday talking about how U.S. is going to have real-time payments, and it may come sooner than we think. But but this is very interesting because you talked about paying debts. Well, FTX expects to fully repay customers but won't restart its defunct crypto exchange. The initial surge of the FTT token followed after this news turned negative, leaving FTT plummeting 15% on the day. FTX, the bankrupt cryptocurrency exchange who was run by Sam Bankman-Fried, said it expects to fully repay its customers according to their court hearing. However, the full recovery of customer assets is unfortunately for those waiting for their money, based on the point of FTX actual bankruptcy, when the markets were already in turmoil. The date was preliminary approved by U.S. bankruptcy judge John Dorsey and its point of contention for some claimants. Bitcoin's price has rebounded more than 43,000 as of the publication, and that's not very relevant to what we're talking about. But Andrew, one of the things that I did find very important here is they do plan on not only repaying the debts of many of these customers, but they already set a date that they're going to be repaying them. So it's very interesting if we can see this bankruptcy come in and we can see people get paid back, that would make me very happy as a crypto investor, knowing that there's people out there supporting these ideas and, and they're going to be refunded. Everyone's been Everyone who's been in this market four or five years has been through a for lack of a better term, a crappy project. We've been misled. You've been told that this is what it was and then an exchange goes down or a wallet gets hacked. Seeing people get paid back is the best thing that we can hope for in this market, especially when you talk about retail investors. Hopefully, people like us, the regular everyday guy, are the ones who are going to be getting paid back first. I doubt it, but I really hope that's the case. I think this is a positive news in regards to Sam Bankman-Fried. So I've said everything that I need to say in regards to this, Andrew. Why don't you give me a take and then we'll move on to the U.S. Faster Payments. You know who makes the most money here? Lawyers. And they take the biggest bite of the of the of the pie. And then what's left over, maybe we will give the, 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 the retail investor also a little bit. Look at what happened at Celsius. I mean, we all believed Celsius. We all believed Alex Mashinsky. He was on a weekly call and it was all, all, all fine and great. And then it went bankrupt. And now they are talking already for I think about two years about giving the money back and what will be given back. Now, I think we can be happy if we will get back 30% of our holdings, but you don't get it in Bitcoin. You get it in, now yeah, in, in the money that was worth it when it was, when Celsius went bankrupt. And now that Bitcoin goes up, you get even less Bitcoin. So, you know, don't make yourself any illusion. Uh, Cryptocurrency should not be held on an exchange or at a centralized partner. It should be held in a wallet. And there is it safe. And so use a cryptocurrency exchange to exchange crypto and storage of crypto you do in a wallet and nothing else. And, you know, I hope for everybody that money will, that they will get back money. But I fear it is, this will only be crumbs that will be left over. And I hope you're wrong, Andrew, but I feel like you may be correct on this one. But we got 452 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And for anybody who's just joining the episode, we did go through some interesting articles tying Jed McCaleb's space evolution to some of the images that Stellar and Ripple had put out in a NASA article earlier. These articles were published back in 2008 and 2006, describing a hundred million light years ago, there was a, um, a galaxy that collided creating a ripple effect in the universe. So 
it's very interesting. It's more of a fun narrative, Andrew. But one of the things that we can discuss on a serious note is the investment strategies of the biggest companies on the planet. BlackRock, Grayscale, Citibank, JP Morgan, all of these billion-dollar firms are coming into the crypto market, and it could have a massive effect over the next 12 months. This is a Bloomberg analyst, James Safer, discussing his beliefs when it comes to an Ethereum ETF being approved this fall. We have two months to watch. May and June of this year, we could see an Ethereum ETF come into effect, but we're going to need the demand to back it up. Let's listen to what James has to say. Here we go. I view the SEC kind of veering and pivoting away from fighting Ethereum and Bitcoin on this front, and they're going to go basically wage war on the rest of crypto. So I think the path of least resistance here is just to approve these things. The dates to watch are Vanek is May 23rd. That's their final deadline. That's the equivalent of ARCA 21 shares January 10th, which is the first final deadline. That said, I am nowhere near as confident as we were with the Bitcoin ETFs. I'm probably around 60%. The CME Ethereum market is way smaller, way less volume. There's way less open interest. So the SEC could kind of draw distinctions there. They could try to draw distinctions with the proof of stake or proof of work. There's a lot. So that's really all I wanted to play from that clip, Andrew, because he talked about two important things. First of all, the demand isn't there. When we when we compare it to the Bitcoin market and the futures market that existed for Bitcoin, I think Ethereum's market is like 12% or 10% of the size. So they can argue that there's not enough demand. The second thing is proof of stake versus proof of work. Floor is yours, Andrew. Um, let, let me see. You said there is no demand for an Ethereum ETF. I mean, there are people enough that want also to be invest, invest in Ethereum. So I don't believe it. But I think that uh, our friend Gary Gensler will do his utmost to also to prevent that an Ethereum ETF will be there. And But it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It will come there anyway. And I think we need to wait till the elections are, uh, are, uh, are done. And maybe we will get a replacement of Gary, maybe a more crypto-friendly guy. We will never know. But uh, I think there is room enough, and I think we will get an XRP ETF. We will get, a, uh, for all kinds of coins, we will get ETFs for a, a basket of coins, uh, even combined with, uh, with, with stocks. There will be everything. It will, it will be so big, but, you know, we just need time. And for the time being, if it's not there, just invest on your own. Distribute your money. Divide your risk. Um, if you really want to learn how, how to do that, how to invest, uh, yeah, check out the, the Smart Investor Program on, uh, on andrewcashflow.com and uh, book, book a call with me. And then we'll, uh, we'll, we will uh, talk about it. And, uh, you know, I love this show. And uh, I love all your articles. Uh, you said my camera is glitching. I hope it is, uh, it's gone now. But uh, let, let's continue. Andrew, this is something interesting I found last night as well, is this is an old interview between a NASA, Google, and Ripple engineer. This is Ripple's lead of payment, or sorry, Ripple's head of payment products, NASA's chief technology and innovative officer, and Google Cloud's Web3 customer engineer. Very interesting conversation. It was about eight minutes long, and they're not talking about, oh, NASA's going to use Ripple, Ripple's going to use NASA. They're talking about the technology and how it's inevitable that it gets implemented. They're stating that it enhances things that already exist. It makes cross-border payments basically instantaneous. And NASA's goal is just like everyone else's, a global economy where these types of technologies are the standard for transferring value. Very, very interesting. I'm not going to play uh, the interview because we have a lot of stuff to get into, but I just wanted to get that in before the end of the episode, Andrew. This is another article that we look forward to breaking down. Are you ready for real-time payments in the USA? Will Tranglo, an official partner of Ripple, 
published a paper yesterday discussing how they believe when we touch on the United States, this is the world's biggest remittance market in existence, and the doors are yet to be open. So real-time payments and instant payments are transactions that are sent, cleared, and received instantly, 365, 24-7. The market size of real-time payments is rapidly growing because of user expectations. Senders hope the money they send can be received by their family members or friends almost immediately, while merchants wish to get their instant payments better for cash flow management. Based on the ACI worldwide data, real-time payment transactions were valued at $195 billion in 2022, representing a year-over-year growth of about 63%. It also forecasts that the total will increase to about $500 billion by 2027. So this market is not only huge, Andrew, it's growing rapidly. And this is one of the partners of Ripple talking about how this market's yet to be utilized in the USA. When we talk about different countries leveraging this technology, the Federal Reserve has already done the statistics. In a survey conducted by the Federal Reserve, it reeled that six in 10 Americans plan to use faster payments for the future of peer-to-peer transactions, while four out of five customers say they're interested in faster payment options for payable businesses. Oddly, the world's biggest economy, the United States, is lagging behind even more than emerging economies when it comes to real-time payments. Instant payments are made only about 1% of the time in the overall transactions located in the United States. So, Andrew, there's a ton of opportunity for technologies to not only get into this market, but have an impact. And Tranglo being an official partner of Ripple is obviously great for the XRP community, but cross-border payments are not being utilized today in the United States. I think in 2024, that changes. What's your takeaway? Let me tell you something. Uh, you tell here that instant or real-time payments are almost not, not possible in, in the US. Uh, let me tell you a story here in the Netherlands. Imagine I am at a dinner with some friends. Yeah, and, and, the, and, the, and we are with 10 friends and uh, uh, the, the, everybody has to pay $50. Yeah, what I can do, I can send a message to all these people just via WhatsApp. And in the WhatsApp message is a ticky. It's called ticky. And then I can say, okay, pay me $50 each, each of you. So they all pay me $50. And at the same moment, instantly, I have from all the people the $50 in my account and I can pay the waiter. And that, that's what we do. If I want to pay to my neighbor or to my mother or to, to a friend an amount, I can do it instantly. I pay it with my mo- with my mobile phone with with my app on the phone, and it doesn't matter if it is Dutch Bank A or Dutch Bank B. They just work together, and it is instantly. It is another story if you do it internationally. However, within Europe, it is done within, I think, two to three hours maximum. Then your payment is done, except for uh, for holidays and, and 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 weekends. But normal weekdays, it's two three hours international payments if i need to pay something to us or from us to netherlands yeah that takes longer and if i want to take it uh, or, or pay something to uh, to mexico or south america it even takes long, more more long so you know there are really differences in the world at this moment and i think us is a little bit yeah of 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 the line and they have to uh, yeah speed up a little bit Andrew, and this is another update talking about Ripple Payments coming into effect. Out of Asia just this morning, we've got an announcement that Ripple Payments company FOMO has announced that the connection between Asia and Africa with Klesha. We are excited about our new partnership with FOMO Pay and what this unlocks for merchants in Africa and Asia, said the CEO of Klesha here. 
XRP is being used for cross-border transfers, we already know 50% of the transactions that run on Ripple payments are done in XRP. Very, very interesting. And I think this is positive as well. This is a brand new update from just a couple of minutes ago, Andrew. But what's your reaction to once again, expanding into emerging markets and not involved with the United States? Yeah, you know, if the United States takes too long to do something, uh, yeah, there, there, will be, uh, there, will, there will be something else. I mean, that's what we also see with, uh, with crypto. And I'm so happy with crypto that, uh, that, yeah, if fiat money is printed more and more and more and more without any uh, cap on the, on the printing uh, uh, press for the money, yeah, money devaluates all the time. And that's why, yeah, yeah, uh, I'm very happy with it. That, that, that's why we have Bitcoin, we have XRP, we have all kinds of private initiatives just to compete with fiat money. And that's uh, that's great. I'm not not, not so uh, uh, aware about this fire or about this other article, but uh, that, that's my opinion. Thank you, Andrew. And this is what we're going to break down next. One of our listeners commented, did you know Jed McCaleb is on the board of directors for Firefly Aerospace? Well, I just Googled this live. And what we found is that Firefly raises $75 million and pushes on with rocket development. Investors included Data Holdings, Raven One Ventures, Cannonball, as well as cryptocurrency billionaire Jed McCaleb. Again, we are seeing the ties to Jed McCaleb in space, Andrew. I do not believe in coincidences, just unrecognized patterns. And we got 450 people here. So what we went through earlier in this episode was that Jed McCaleb is partnering with Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk to uh, on a space startup that will launch a commercial space station the size of a football field into orbit. This may come into effect during 2028, and that's what they're projecting. That's only four years away, Andrew. Pretty exciting news, but what's your takeaway? Another connection here between Jed McCaleb and space development. <laughs> I think he's really interested in space, this uh, this guy. You know, he is, uh, uh, yeah, you know, Elon Musk has a, has a space company. Uh, Jeff Bezos has a space company, and Jed McCaleb. He doesn't at the moment, so maybe he feels left a little bit behind. And he is, by the way, he is also billionaire. So, what what is a billionaire without a space company? I mean, it's a sad story. Andrew, and another thing is, think about it. He started a cryptocurrency. He left Ripple. He joined a company and started to call it Stellar. I think that gives these types of articles a little bit more validity. Jed McCaleb is obsessed with space. What happens when you Google Stellar and Ripple with NASA? This article comes up about the largest collision and the largest ripple in the universe being created by a stellar galaxy collision. I mean, come on. You got to write. This is like comic book stuff here, Andrew. But give me your take. Does this add any validity? You know Jed's obsessed with space. I don't believe this is a coincidence. What do you think? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh... He probably is obsessed with space and, and stellar. Yeah, that is that is a space term, and and so yeah, I'm not too sure what 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 to add on this. It it's fun what they do, and uh, I I hope they will succeed with everything what they do. I think more important is for us at this moment what do we do with crypto? How does it evolve? Evolve, and uh, also with with money like 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 the Fed now. I think by the way, guys. Fed now has nothing to do with crypto. It has nothing to do with blockchain. It is just a payment system to make real-time payments possible. It's just, just yeah, just an, uh, a, a, a protocol. And I think it's it's good for the US that it will uh, uh, evolve 
because the faster the payments go, yeah, the more uh, the more cheap it gets and the more flexible you get to do business. So that that's a good uh, good point. Andrew, another thing I'd like to talk about are what are some of the projects that get you excited when you look at narratives that are on the horizon? I think we're going to have an NFT narrative. We've got some gaming tokens we can talk about. But when we talk about other projects besides XRP, Chainlink is one that's really caught my attention. The ability for banks to tap into this technology, that's what excited me about Quant Network. That's what's excited me about Chainlink. But what are some of the projects that you see um, really emerging during this next bull run that you feel aren't getting enough attention or maybe not being talked about broadly? I think what you say is, I think yeah, gaming is is a big one, because what would be, you know, the, the, the narrative in gaming is, actually, what I want to do is with gaming, I want to buy stuff in one game, and I want to use it in another game, and I want to be able to sell it on a gaming exchange, so that I can, a sword or, a, or something, or a candle or whatever I have, I can sell it. For, for crypto and use that in another game. Because now what you see with gaming, and you know, uh, I'm, I'm not a gamer, but if you just played the game and you, you, you just played it everything, yeah, maybe you reach the top, but you have to leave all your stuff there in the game. So I think it would be nice to, to, to interact those games together. And I'm sure there are initiatives to do that. So that's, that's the gaming industry. But what is even more important that is connecting the outside world to the blockchain and and link chain link is a very major player in that field because if we want to tokenize everything in the future i mean uh, really everything will be tokenized from 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 stocks and 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 real estate and airplanes and boats and everything will be tokenized but you need you need systems to make the connection between a real world asset and some and a representation on the on the blockchain and that's where chainlink is coming in and also other companies are coming in to to do that so i think that that's interesting about nfts i'm not so sure at the moment yeah. what will happen with uh, with nfts i mean nfts it's fun we saw the hype a couple of years ago where you had all, the, all those nice uh, drawings and no, nice pictures, but it has no value. You know, the value of an NFT is the is the utility. So if you have an NFT which is combined with a certain uh, subscription or a club where you are a member and you get some uh, 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 privileges in that club, then an NFT gets gets uh, gets value because an NFT is no more or less than a label on a beer bottle you know that's what it is but it is what is behind the label and i'm i'm, I'm not so sure how that will evolve in the future what kind of use cases we will figure out there but that it opens a lot of innovation i'm sure but you in the next uh, the next facebook or the next uh, uh, amazon should be invented i mean for for internet it was the uh, it was uh, email, email and 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 web, uh, worldwide web was was for for internet. Do you know the big uh, game changer? Uh, what 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 will it be for for blockchain? We have many game changers. Will NFT be one? I think so. But will it the major one? Not at this moment. I think the major one will more be uh, Bitcoin as a store of value, and then Ethereum with a lot of financial applications. That will that will be the the first two. And then 
you know, we have XRP as the third crypto for, 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 for international payments. And then what will happen there, the next? Uh, yeah, we have to wait. We will have to see. But just, you know, invest some in, 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 in those cryptos and, and see what happens. Just leave it. Leave it there. Let it sit there for yep. maybe another four, eight or 12 years. And it is uh, and, and you're good to go. Thank you, Andrew. And we got 400 people here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're going to close out today's show with an interesting video from Anthony Scaramucci discussing which president may be more friendly for crypto regulation. If Trump wins that election, obviously those two people will have less influence. Elizabeth Warren will still be in the Congress, but Gary Gensler will no longer be the SEC chairman. So there'll be a new group of elites that are running the SEC. So the question is, though, will that be better or not? I don't honestly know the answer because Donald Trump has spoken very negatively about Bitcoin. And I think Trump also made some money on these NFTs. Yeah, I was going to ask. So you maybe that. maybe that's going to open his mind to the world of digital assets and Web3. But I don't think 80-year-old people, Donald Trump, Elizabeth Warren, Joe Biden, are the right people to make regulatory decisions about this asset class. So I don't necessarily think a Republican win is going to be better. It may end up being worse in some way. So we'll, we'll have to see, you know, as it relates to crypto in general. If Trump. So I definitely think it's more positive if Gary Gensler is not chairman of the SEC, guys, and that would never happen under a Republican administration. But Andrew, one of the things that really catches my attention here is that he even understands none of these players, these establishment players, the people who have been politicians since 1975 and have managed to make it all the way to 2023. They're agenda politicians. They're like the, these talking heads. I think Elizabeth Warren is never going to be positive on cryptocurrency technology. I think she's got financial incentive to be against these things. And until the person behind the scenes says, oh, we're actually going to leverage these assets, she's just going to hammer that nail down. It doesn't matter who gets hurt. It doesn't matter what's better for the economy or the American people. I think they're suppressing these technologies to help traditional finance. Maybe if we got some new committee members in there, whoever gets elected, if Gary Gensler is replaced, Elizabeth Warren, she'll still be there because like he stated Congress, but there needs to be a clearing of the house. There needs to be a new set of politicians that come in who understand this technology and who are, you know, familiar, grew up with an iPhone, grew up with, with a computer in the household. They didn't have that stuff when Joe Biden was growing up. They didn't have that stuff when Elizabeth Warren was growing up. So I think it's hard for them to relate to some of these newer technologies. We only got about 45 seconds. So please keep it brief, Andrew, but what's your take to, to some of this information? Is right. It doesn't matter if if one 80-year guy, old guy of another, will be president. I think what matters is that the Bank of International Settlements is making the rules. And why is that? Because you can uh, militarize the dollar in that way. And that's why we also see the BRICS countries. And my, I, I don't want to make it too long, but as long as the dollar can be used to suppress other countries and to to increase the supremacy of the U.S. So that that's the, the the period that we need to get uh yeah to get rid of 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 yeah difficult situations um let, let's make it short um we need some time still till crypto and bricks will be much bigger and then i think there will be a room also for 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 crypto for for uh yeah gary gary will be replaced and and other ones there will be a whole new narrative in the next, maybe already in the next 10 years.
Agreed, Andrew. And I think it's an exciting time to be in this market because we are going to evolve and it is going to change. We got 375 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And tomorrow we are going to be premiering the newest Netflix trailer. And I had to turn the music off for this tomorrow on Friday. We will be showing you part two of the XRP Netflix documentary for XRP Unleashed. Smash that like button if you're excited about that. We love you guys. We'll see you in 23 hours. And like we always say, Warriors, rise.